This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora and welcome to Garden of Sound. I'm your host, Ian Turner. Today on the show, Chris Martin, founder of 4YP, will be talking about working with some of the biggest bands in New Zealand before they were household names. But first, I want to thank you for supporting Garden of Sound by subscribing to the show and supporting Garden of Sound financially through Patreon. You're helping local bands, musicians and people behind the scenes reach a greater audience, which can only be a good thing for New Zealand music. Speaking of New Zealand music, Garden of Sound Live is just over a month away, and it's going to be an amazing night with performances from TUI Award winner Amelia Grinnell and Christchurch multi-instrumentalist Moses Robbins. Plus, we'll be introducing Twin Harmony and singer-songwriter Olivia Eady. Super early bird tickets to the event are just $8 plus booking fee, but you better get in before Easter to take advantage of that amazing price. That's four brilliant acts for less than a trip to the movies. So head along to gardenofsound.nz, follow the links and get your tickets today. Right, Chris Martin. He's a youth worker, he's a DJ, he's a mentor, and he's seen practically everything there is to see when it comes to bands starting out. But what advice does this most generous of individuals have for bands or even event promoters who want to get in on the game. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Chris Martin on Plains FM 96.9. Chris, I want you to tell me about the uh, the first time music entered your consciousness as a, uh, I imagine, as a little person. Well, my, my parents had a radiogram and I, just, I loved the radiogram and they had a stack of records um, and when they went out, I used to play the records on the radiogram very loudly, as loudly as you can as on, on, a, on a radiogram. And I would pretend it was a radio station and I'd do the announcing <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd announce the songs and I'd play the records. And uh, then when people came home, I would turn it off again. So I always had this fascination with, with radio and listening to music. And I suppose I've always been a, a want-to-be musician I've always wanted to be able to pick up an instrument and play it, but my mind just doesn't work that way. You know, like I, I can pick up the guitar and I can strum away on it. Bought a bass at one stage because I thought, oh, it's only got four strings. That'll be easier to play. So becoming a DJ, I suppose, was a natural progression because I can I can push play and I can mix the music and I can and, and all that. But uh, musical instruments have always escaped me. So in your teens, tell me about what was happening musically in Christchurch. Yeah, the, the venues I remember when I was a teenager were the ones, uh, the Blenheim Road uh, motor, and you know where where you'd have um, resident resident bands, which would be uh, more sort of metal type music. Um, I don't remember hearing much in the way of acoustic type music. Music in Christchurch at that stage, when I remember it, was would tended to be quite quite heavy rock, but also bands who were trying to sound British. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know the early dance exponents, um, you know, who became the exponents. Yeah, some of their songs trying to sound like a British pub band. So a lot of those, those bands when I was a teenager, live music in Christchurch, to me that that's what it sounded sounded like. It was bands trying to sound like other bands um 
Yeah, there wasn't, uh, for me, it didn't sound like there was a distinct Christchurch sound. It's not like the Dunedin sound, which I got exposed to later on when I moved down to Dunedin. At that stage, I was um, in my early 20s. Was there a point when you realised, okay, I'm not going to be making original music, but I am going to be heavily involved? First time I tried to sing in public, I I (laughs) realised... I had, a, I had an Anglican minister say to me very politely, he said, um, you should sing loudly and strongly, Chris, and just remember that God has got an amazing stereo system, so by the time it gets to him, it sounds really good, even if the people around you don't think so. <laughs> I'm thinking, what are you trying to tell me? <laughs> so in terms of uh, DJing or uh, event management or preparation, what was your sort of first exposure to um, to that side? It didn't happen until my early 20s. I was working for the the Dunedin City Council and a a little known band called Supergroove arrived arrived in Dunedin. And at that stage, the band was made up of, they were predominantly 18-year-olds. And the venues they were playing at were, um, were R20. And the feedback I got as I was working as the youth worker for the Janine City Council was young people saying, we want to go and see this band. We've heard them on the radio. We want to see them, but we can't because they're playing in a bar and we're not allowed in the bar. So I raised this idea about, okay, is it possible for us to put on an all-ages concert? And I contacted the manager of the band and he said, well... They're playing on Friday night. They've got to be in Queenstown Saturday night. And I said, what about Saturday lunchtime? Uh, And he said, have you got a venue? And I said, I'll see if I can find one. This was on the Thursday. So between the Thursday and the Saturday, I managed to get the octagon closed. In fact, I went and saw the roading manager and I suggested we needed to close close the octagon. And he said, I've never heard of this band. You won't need to close it. So he didn't actually close the octagon, but he allowed us to use the stage at the octagon. Just by chance, there was um, I, there was a Bose X. Yeah, these guys were touring around the country showing off this Bose sound system. And they were playing. They, that was going to be at a bar in Dunedin on the Friday night and again on the Saturday night. So I rang them and I said... Would you like to demo it in? <laughs> would you like to demo it in the Octagon with this band called Supergroove? And they thought that was a great opportunity to show off their sound system. So they they provided the PA for free. The band said they were were prepared to play for free if all they had to do was arrive in the Octagon, perform, and they get in their van and drive to Queenstown. Thursday night, it all sort of came together. Friday morning, we confirmed it, put the word out there. Saturday morning, the Octagon even though it wasn't officially closed, was closed by the numbers that turned up. It was standing room only in the Octagon. Supergroove turned up, performed, waved to the crowd, signed a few autographs, got in a van and drove away. And that was the first live gig I'd ever organised. <laughs> and I was thought, and I was left with the impression, well, this is easy. <laughs> of course, it's not always that easy. But that particular instance was, not only did it come together really well, but I was just blown away by by the band themselves so that sort of took it down that road and while I was in Dunedin one of the projects I set up was um, Noughts and Crosses nightclub which was an all-ages nightclub in the Octagon so um, every Friday night we would transform the older citizens club rooms into a nightclub by covering all the walls with black polythene had an amazing team of volunteers we all did it voluntarily the council really wanted it to happen but they didn't want to be associated with it too closely so they allowed me to 
do it as part of my role, but outside my role. Why <laughs> did they not want to take the kudos of doing something good for young people? I think it was seen as being really risky. People had tried to do these things in the past and there'd been problems with them or there'd be, be an incident that would happen and the council would go, ooh. It is time to play some music. Um, along those lines, is there is there any act or anything that sort of influenced you over the years? Yeah, I, I really love New Zealand music. I love I love how um, some of our New Zealand music is just flavoured so strongly um, and you wouldn't hear it anywhere else. And then when you're overseas or you're somewhere you hear it, it just immediately brings you back home. And uh, one of those bands would be Dark Tower. Um, back in the day, um, I had the opportunity to, with a friend, um, Julie Beadle, to run the Firehouse Nightclub as an all-ages venue, um, and which which was an experience in itself. And Dark Tower was one of the bands that used to come and play there. And I would just get so excited every time they played Zeal Man. So, yeah, so <laughs> Zeal Man is still one of my go-to songs. And whenever I have an opportunity when DJing to share it with people, I tend to just slip it in and just watch the response it gets because I don't think there's a song that's got a stronger Kiwi um, flavour than Zeal Man with um, samples from Country Calendar and, <laughs> and such on it. This land is mine God gave this land to me From a land down under I was a little cracker with my cracker jack boots I'ma say a hippie kid cause my dad didn't wear suits I used to pick blackberries with my mum Catch cockapullies in the creek and cook them in the sun Run my go-kart and fly kites from the hill Always falling from my bike, making blood spill I ate on my greens, I was never a spoiled kid Had a box of hand-me-down clothes that I'd go to fit Grew up around paddocks and sharing sheds It was common for a sheep's slow slit Or a chicken lose its head, the rabbit shot Or a fish throw at the fillet you shouldn't need it if you're not prepared to kill it Looking to the sky, living off the land Just the story of a boy growing up in New Zealand I'm a zeal man, a zeal man Born in the bay with the golden sand I'm a zeal man, a zeal man Reared on oatmeal and bran A zeal man, a zeal man Raised on the plains of rain and thunder A zeal man, a zeal man I was a soul child raised alone by my mum Born in the suburbs to the sound of the city So I used to muck around At kindy didn't kill little Cause it wasn't in me, was a slap hand With sand castles at the beach, I walked through a creek Had my blood sucked by a leech at school I got punished for throwing sticks and stones and cars Double straps for my brown skin We moved to the country out back in the wop wops A dot on the map, a few houses and a shop Saw pigs and cows shot, looking through a hedge From the paddock to the pen, on their last leg Get my feet on the ground, held an open hand Just a half-caste boy in a half-caste land I'm a zeal man, a zeal man Born in the city where the sea meets the land A zeal man, a zeal man Molded and scolded by my mother's hand I'm a zeal man, a zeal man From town to town, I'm a southern wonder A zeal man, a zeal man, a zeal man.
land down under This is the Garden of Sound interview with Chris Martin on Plains FM 96.9. We've talked about uh, Dunedin in the early days and uh, that amazing gig at the Octagon with Supergroove. And you said, hey, this is a breeze. It's so easy to organise. But there must have been some disasters or at least some events that didn't really go to plan. Any that spring to mind? Haven't had any that have gone completely belly up, but have had ones which could have gone a lot better. And they're generally ones where not many people have turned up. We did an event out at Port Chalmers in the in the Pioneer Hall, and the community board out there wanted to make it accessible, so they said, we want to make it free. So we had a live band and a DJ, and on the night, five people turned up, um, which was a little bit disappointing, really. And... Uh, the thing with five people turning up, it's not like you can say, okay, let's just go home. We've got five people we have to entertain. <laughs> These five young people whose parents have dropped them off and are coming back to get them at 11 o'clock. So we have to keep them occupied. So the band still played and the DJ still played to um, five boys. And the good thing about young men is they're not really into dancing. So the DJ sort of wasn't the most popular thing. And the and they they didn't seem to be really into live music either, so they just milled around. Five people milling around in a hall while my while my team are going, oh, we just want to go home. And the band's up there treating it like a rehearsal and the DJ's giving me the look like, I'm never DJing for you again. <laughs> and, uh, and afterwards we sat down and thought, why was that? You know, And we came up with this theory that actually we need to charge for these gigs. It was like... If it's free, then maybe it's not that great. So we actually, ironically, we went back about six weeks later and we repeated the gig. 
with a different DJ because that DJ didn't want to come back. But the same band and a DJ, and we charged five dollars, and uh, we sold out. And I don't know whether the word got around that, hey, actually it was worth going to, but it seemed to be that, hey, if it's $5 to get in, then it might be really good. If it's free, maybe it's not so good. What are the difficulties in sustaining successful youth events? When I came back to Christchurch, the Christchurch City Council wanted me to do a similar project for them that I'd done with Noughts and Crosses in Dunedin. And I said I wasn't prepared to work for another local authority because... It was working long hours. So they offered me the opportunity to work on contracts. So from that, I set up this project called 4YP. And with 4YP, I was required to run 15 events a year. Three events were described as big events. So they had to have at least 500 young people attending. And they weren't just music events. So um, started doing skateboarding events and hip-hop dance events. Events like All Night Party and Wild Goose Chase, which were themed events. And at that stage, Julia Beadle and I were running the Firehouse as an all-ages venue. So it had pretty much closed down as a venue. And the owner had said to us, you can continue running it um, without alcohol, and I'll just come in at the end of every night and take the money out of the till. Smart operator. (laughs) Yeah, so we were running the Firehouse nightclub. Um, We had a special license from the police, so the matches bar downstairs was allowed to operate as a bar, but the main venue was alcohol-free. And at that stage, drinking age was 20. So when people arrived at the front door, we would say to them, are you planning to buy alcohol tonight? If they said yes, we would ask for ID. We'd give them a a stamp, and they could go into the matches bar and buy alcohol, but they couldn't bring it into the main area where the bands were playing. And what we found was that the bands were such a strong draw card because there weren't many venues at that stage with live bands that even the people over 20 were opting not to drink alcohol because they wanted to see the bands. But anyway, the fire, the Firehouse Nightclub was a, was a great ex, um, experience and it came to an end when the building was pulled down. Um, and the council had invited me to talk to them about setting up a youth centre and I went to them and I said, I don't actually think we should be setting up a youth centre in Christchurch uh, because that's like saying let's have one, one pub for all adults. I said, what we need is actually a number of youth centres with different cultures and, and, and attracting, aimed at different kinds of young people because all young people are not under the same music or not into the same, same scene. Do you think the term youth centre actively stops people oh, from wanting to be involved? Absolutely, yes. So uh, with our events, I moved away from calling them all ages or underages, and we just promoted them simply as alcohol-free events for everybody and found that a lot of adults were coming to our events. We were running quite regular events called Audio Overload, and the idea behind Audio Overload is we would get a named band to headline it, and then we would put five or six high school bands and their support bands. And so those bands would have an opportunity to play to a crowd of a 1,000 um, with a full sound system and even live video mixing. What sort of bands uh, were headlining these gigs? Uh, one of the bands that we used quite often was Selma Dub because the, the dubsters were part of a... We set up a sort of informal mentoring program for young bands. So Julie and I were running a thing called Rocks Rock School. Actually, Julie was running it. Um, and we would... Op- 
um, offer that as a um, a week long program in the school holidays, where as a band you could go along and have tuition on your instruments or on vocal training, but also we would have sessions on how do you get along as a band. How do you run your bank account? Um, how do you um, negotiate a contract with a bar if they want you to come and play? And we had some of the band members would come along from some other dub. Um, Lyndon Puffin, Lyndon used to come along and speak to them. He would talk to them about um, if you were a band, how you could flat together and pay your bills if you just were on the dole. <laughs> We had another band that was actually made up of all lawyers who described themselves as part-time lawyers, full-time musicians, and they saw themselves as doing enough work as lawyers to be able to pay the bills so that they could play music. And it was just an opportunity for bands to actually spend a week together honing their skills. And we also opened it up to young people who wanted to be in bands, and we would put them in bands for the duration of the week, and at the end of the week we would put on a, a they would have the opportunity to put on a concert. So so Audio Overload is one of our regular regular. Um, events is there anything that you'd say to a to a young chris anything you would have done differently in the times that you've been um organizing events and working with groups i would have started going to live bands and live concerts earlier i mean i love going to live concerts now i drive my my i take my sons to live concerts i'd like to say they take me but i'm the one that says let's go um and i drive them mental because i sit there and i critique the whole event <laughs> so i'm looking at the sound system going well, I don't know if I would have set it up that way or and the lighting could be done this way and I'm going, oh, the way that they're doing the bag check, I would do it differently and stuff. So I drive them mental. But <laughs> What's the best gig that you've been to in recent years? My favourite gig, I went and saw, um, yeah, Adam Lambert with, um, with Queen. Where was that? that? I went to Auckland to see them um, and blew me away um, because Adam Lambert wasn't trying to be Freddie Mercury. He was being Adam Lambert, and he is incredible. Um, I sometimes I say to my friends, man, I'd turn for that guy. Uh, <laughs> he, is, he is so talented. Um, and that's, yeah, because I, I grew up knowing and loving um, Queen music, but hearing um, uh, Adam Lambert's interpretation, but also as a, as a tribute to, um, to Freddie Mercury, that was one of my all-time favourite concerts. And... Um, Having the opportunity now to actually hear some of the bands that I grew up with, like I went and saw The Who when they came to New Zealand, that was that was incredible. I mean, they were just they they were great. Um, but just all, the original too. Just, just the original, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but just uh, I think hearing hearing live music and um, appreciating the talent of people. I mean, having tried and failed as a musician, I can actually go, yeah, this is good. Even going to a death metal concert, I can go, I can. I don't listen to death metal myself, um, you know, in my own spare time. But if I hear a death metal band live, I can go, wow, that is incredible. You've talked about a wide variety of music in the last couple of minutes at least. <laughs> Do you have a favourite track or something which is particularly floating your boat right at the moment? One of my go-to um, bands I've mentioned before, Salman La Dub, I just, I, whenever I'm travelling, um, that's the music I listen to. So today I'd like to play for you um, Love Your Ways by Samuel L. Dub. Back in the day when uh, when Tiki was, was with them.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Chris Martin on Plains FM 96.9. Competition time. The amazingly talented Matt Corby hits the Isaac Theatre Royal on April 21st. And I've got a pair of tickets to give away. Just head along to gardenofsound.nz forward slash win to enter the draw. And if you want to buy tickets to that Matt Corby concert, just head to mattcorby.com forward slash tour. This is the Garden of Sound interview with Chris Martin on Plains FM 96.9. Now, Chris, you do run a, um, a DJing company uh, called Sound Entertainment. That's right. Yeah. Um, there must be a tremendous amount of money that goes into buying all that gear. Well, when I first started DJing, it was it was because of noughts and crosses. You know, we had to set up the sound system and we had to make sure that it was a good sound system and really great lights because that was a part of the attraction of getting young people to choose us over trying to sneak into the adult clubs. So I had to accumulate the equipment and then people were asking me, oh, can you come and DJ my 21st or can you come and do this? But I decided very early on if I was going to be doing mobile discos and being a DJ, I wanted the be the very best so I looked into what other people were using equipment wise and made sure that um, my equipment was better I suppose tell me about a bit more about this sound system I mean it's got to be pretty loud in order to uh, <laughs> to hit a big crowd and I imagine outdoors that becomes even more problematic with yeah well early on when um, when I started doing stuff with live bands I used to hire in a sound system and then a friend of mine who was based in Blenheim had a very large sound system he used to do a lot of outdoor um, concerts and uh, he literally had a nervous breakdown trying to run the business and he offered the business to me and I bought it but I knew nothing about how to run a sound system so um, I ended up employing a sound engineer and from there we grew um, sound entertainment to the point where we had um, the one and only system of its type in New Zealand which was um, used bass max and SPL speakers and we were doing um, tours with bands and outdoor dance parties and we're doing things like Destination back in the day. We ended up doing wine and food festivals um, and it was, a, it was a great toy. Um, I used to go along to the gigs and just work as a roadie because I didn't know anything about how to operate it so I would just be helping to, to move it around. But I found it became a distraction from what I really wanted to do which was actually mentoring young people and running community events. And so eventually I sold that part of the business and kept enough gear to be able to do community events. But what I found is that loud is one thing, but actually clarity was actually more important. So the sound system that we went for very early on was actually about having a very a high quality, um, versatile system that, that could do very good sound. Um, and it, to this day, the sound system that that I use for DJing and for our, and for our band work has all been has been about quality and versatility. You know, making sure that it actually does the job, but it sounds really good. It's very true. You've alluded to mentoring, and you even talked about Salmonella uh, Dub uh, stepping into that uh, rock school. Are there any groups in Christchurch who you've seen sort of their rise from from youngsters and, and through the ranks? Yeah, well, one of the cool things I got to do was um, with through 4YP, we started this project called Youth Cafes, which the idea was came from that idea that there's not going to be one youth centre that's going to fit all. So it was meeting with youth organisations and partnering with them to run um, events in their communities. So 
ended up having about six venues around Christchurch, including Limwood and 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 Sumner, and that was one of the um, one of the keys to actually having successful regular Friday night gigs was actually partnering with an organisation that would host your event, but would also promote it to their community. So um, for IP that was required to do 15 events a year, we grew it to 80 events a year. And that was mainly because every Friday night we would be having a youth cafe happening somewhere in Christchurch. And this was before social media, so it was promoted by pretty much word of mouth and by the bands promoting themselves. But it also gave a huge opportunity for bands to actually perform live. And so some of the bands that came through our doors were bands like um, Zed, who were amazing musicians and came from a classical musician sort of background and had played together, Some most of them had played together in church. Um, and so th- as musicians they were great, but what they weren't great at was actually how to perform in front of a live audience. And so having the opportunity to come and play at our events on a regular basis meant that they got more confident um, and more relaxed in front of a live audience, and and I'm not saying you know that Z became a success because of 4YP, but I, but I think that we we contributed to the opportunity for them to actually hone their craft, and so other bands that came through the doors, you know, we had um, Deluxe Boy, who became the Dukes, uh, we had um, the Grinnell Boys who came through with their band Bunyip, uh, we had a band called Yucca Yo, which was. Um, which was Brent Parks, who's now partners with um, with Lady Six, and of course, um, Lady Six's band Sheila Rock was one of the regular performers at our gigs as well. So, just giving those young people those opportunities to perform and seeing them grow, and um, and now when I hear Lady Six perform, I go, wow, you know, we had. Um, we played a role or a part in her story as well, but hu- you know, hugely proud of um, of how the young people that come through our doors have actually actually grown. Some of them haven't gone on to do stuff in the music industry, but other others have. And so, um, the stuff that Lady Six has done, you know, I'm hugely proud of. And um, every time I hear her music, yeah, it takes me back to those days with Sheila Rock. On one occasion, we were doing a, an outdoor concert in New Brighton. And she was literally walking past and she stopped and said, oh, Chris, what's this? And I said, well, um, this is Seaside Sounds and you're actually on the stage in an hour. And she had literally forgotten. (laughs) But she was able to round up the rest of the band and get back and to get on the stage in time. But, you know, if she hadn't walked by at that stage, um, yeah, I'm not sure what we would have done. It might have been. But on that note, <laughs> is there any music from Lady Six that you'd like yeah, to Yeah, one of her more recent uh, recordings has been Diagonals. And so, yeah, I like to play Diagonals by, by Lady Six. Come around, come around, come around, come around, come around, come around. Come around, come around, come around, come around, come around, come around. Come around, come around, come around, come around, come around, come around. Come around, come around, come around, come around. Thank you. 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Chris Martin on Plains FM 96.9. Chris, you must have had a um, a best moment or most rewarding project that you've been part of. Tell me what that was. I talk to I talk to the youth workers that I work with and the young people that I that I mentor and I talk about ripples that moment when you do something and it just it just grows and grows and grows and then it becomes something bigger than uh, than you expected. And I've had so many opportunities to work with young people who have gone on to do amazing things um, in music and not, and outside music as well. And so to come up with just one is, is really, really challenging. But I think those events when you sit back afterwards and go, wow, 
that was great. And thinking back to those events like Audio Overload, where um, you're, th you're putting it all together and you're worrying about whether anybody's actually going to arrive. And then on the night, you've got 1,100 people. We used to do it at the Caledonian Hall. Um, I've always had the philosophy that I never ask my volunteers to do something I'm not prepared to do. So afterwards, I would always remain behind and and make sure the place was clean. And I so seven o'clock in the morning, I'd be sweeping the hall after we've done it. We've done a we've done a gig and just thinking, wow, that was great. So I think for me, the highlight is doing an event like that. But then looking back and seeing that the ripples that that have come from that so the number of young people that came through and were volunteering and and went on to do to do training at mains and are now doing um, recording or um, the the artists that played that played there and have gone on to become um, amazing full-time musicians and mentors themselves including you know people like lady six and and the boys from the dukes and um uh, and the Grinnell boys, how they've gone on to be teachers and mentors. Um, you know, that's to know that um, played a small part in that community. And also just building a culture within music um, where the bands are there to support each other. I mean, very early on when we started doing uh, the 4YP uh, youth cafes, now music cafes, the idea behind that was to... Um, train bands on how to actually be part of a community that if you are the third band on you still come and support the two bands that play before you if you can you come and help do the set up and you remain to do the pack down that the world doesn't owe you a living that you will have to do times when you might have to do a gig for very little or nothing but there is a music community now and hope that will grow with the work that we carry on doing eight years on from the earthquakes in Christchurch and it seems like that put the kibosh on what was happening youth music-wise. Um, you've talked about community just now. How does the future look? Does it look bright? Yeah, I'm optimistic. I mean, I've never seen myself as being um, a conduit to the music industry. I've never sold myself to bands as, you know, come and do my gigs and I will get, get you a recording. I'll make you a star. Yeah, I'll make you a star. Or I've been just really like, hey, I'm a youth worker who runs gigs. This is an opportunity for you to come and play. So I'm really comfortable in the role of supporting other people to do that. So if there are venues in Christchurch or people in Christchurch that um, that are working with young bands, I'm happy to just come along and support them um, and provide the equipment. I mean, I've accumulated equipment which works well for the, for these events, and I'm happy to make that available so that these gigs happen. I'm really passionate about. Um, encouraging other people to run events and give more people opportunities to play um, so that's that's the role I see my, myself in and it's almost a um, not not exclusively but a kind a kind of a sort of a pastoral care role too you know taking care of of the bands you know I've seen bands in the past um, been used and abused and been really discouraged with the way that venues have treated them or how the music industries treated them and so um, yeah, so it's part of my role as I see is supporting those um, young bands to to negotiate um, yeah those obstacles that, that might get in the way of them being creative and actually enjoying music with all of your experience and you're you're still a relatively young man how does a young person find that balance between generosity and still valuing yourself 
it's something it's something which I struggle with because I find I find myself sometimes being over generous, and you can actually find find yourself resenting um, people taking advantage of you, and you think actually. I set myself up to do that, so <laughs> so, um, so I suppose one of the things is uh, I'm really one of the policies I've always had with with four YP events is if if you're good enough to to play, you're good enough to pay. So I've never expected bands to come along and play for nothing, even if it's just a token amount, even if it's just the money off of the door. The very least, you know that it doesn't cost a band to come and play. The number of stories I hear, you know, that bands have gone and played at a venue and at the end of the night, they've been presented with a, with an invoice. You know, like, you know, we've, we hired in a sound system and a sound engineer for you and we didn't make enough money off of the door, so you owe us. Um, I just know that's what 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 I'm about and what Full IP about is about is actually... Um, helping people to feel valued and so yeah if you're good enough to play you're good enough to pay what lies out in the dim distant future for chris martin i'm i'm looking forward to carrying on and doing what i've always done currently i'm not paid to do what i do so i'm doing it because i'm passionate about it but also aware that um, i can't do it maybe to the extent that i used to do it you know not every friday night but you know, on a monthly basis, um, encouraging other people to do it. So, the role I see myself in now is is encouraging other people maybe to pick up the mantle and to carry on, encouraging um, young musicians to um, get up on stage and and perform. If you're a young person and you're interested in running events, then you know we're interested in working with you and helping you to do that. If you want to have a go at doing the sound or the lighting, you know there's so many opportunities. So, cheering on the young people and uh, throwing stones and trying to create more ripple effects. Is there a track you want to take us out with today, Chris? Yeah, uh, this is not a New Zealand band. It's an Australian band. but I know. <laughs> I know. But there are some songs which you just that you have to turn up loud. And this is this is one of my go-to loud songs. Um, I remember coming home from, from uh, work one day and my son was playing uh, the song on his stereo and I burst into his room and he said, oh, I'm sorry, Dad, is it too loud? And I said, no, it's not loud enough. Whenever you hear the choir boys play Run to Paradise, you have to turn whatever sound system you've got up to full volume, regardless of where you are, and then you have to sing along with it as loudly as you can. That's just how it works. So <laughs> so um, if you're listening to the show at home, this is a good time now to turn your radio up all the way and sing along to the choir boys Run to Paradise. Chris Martin, <laughs> you're a great man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Store
Time for my track of the week, and it comes from one of the Garden of Sound live artists. It's Olivia Eady. She's an amazing talent, just about to emerge not only onto the Garden of Sound stage, but also the New Zealand music scene. And this is her track, Worth. Earth, no matter how much is worth 
suffer no matter how much is worth We're so young compared to her At first we don't know better But there shouldn't be the end of earth No matter how much she's worth That was Worth by Olivia Eady, written when she was just 12. Remember, super early bird tickets to Garden of Sound Live featuring Olivia are available right now for just $8 plus booking fee. Head along to gardenofsound.nz to get those tickets, but get in quick because at this price, they're going to go fast. Thank you so much for being with me today and thank you to Chris Martin for giving us the lowdown on where youth music development and ministry is at. You can find out more about 4YP and Sound Entertainment by heading to gardenofsound.nz and clicking on Chris's image on the front page. Next week it's a very special show as Garden of Sound turns one. So there's sure to be a few surprises in store. Until then, keep well, keep listening and keep playing. Hi there.